This week on the Small Church Media Podcast, we are starting a brand new series here on the podcast, All Around Branding for Churches. We're going to be talking about what is branding and does it matter, what your church logo tells about your church, branding versus marketing, what's the difference, what's a house of brands versus a branded house, and how to bring your brand into every aspect of the church. I'm planning on this thing being a five-week series, but... We first got to talk about our sponsor, Hashtag.Church. Last week, we had a great conversation with Bobby King of Hashtag.Church for their uh, version 2.0 release that they just did. Hashtag.Church used to be primarily just a church media service-based provider. However, they are now transitioning to being the one-stop shop for all things church-related, whether it's media, whether it's tech, whether it's volunteers or church-based articles or resources or anything like that. They are becoming the one-stop shop primarily for small churches and how to do better while learning from other churches. So make sure you click the link on our show notes or go to smallchurch.media forward slash hashtag church. That's smallchurch.media forward slash hashtag church. Well, today we're starting this new series with a conversation around what is branding and does it matter? Let's get it. Well, what is good, everybody, and welcome to episode 77 of the Small Church Media Podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying flu and sickness season. I right now have a little one hanging out with me here in my office with the wonderful hand, foot, and mouth. And if you know anything about that virus, it... um. Yeah, it read like it spreads and runs rampant whoever gets near it. So out of the seven kids we have, we're trying to keep this one quarantined from everybody else so that way everyone else in the household stays healthy. And the biggest reason why we want to make sure everyone stays healthy in the household, which this is a big announcement for the Small Church Media Podcast, so don't miss this, but... um. My wife and I are actually expecting Hyde baby number eight here at the end of February. So on February 28th, we're actually going to go down to the Children's Hospital here in Indiana to be induced because our son, we found out, has some congenital heart defects. And we're going to be having to live down in Indianapolis for quite a while, and the road to recovery is going to be a potentially long and hard one for our little guy with various open heart surgeries and stints put in and different types of medication and back and forth to specialists a lot. And so our family, um, if you know anything about our family, um, well, we just don't do normal. That's just not what we do. So um, needless to say, I have a big announcement for the Small Church Media Podcast, and that's this. Basically, I don't know when I'm going to be able to come back and do the show week in and week out. So the show's actually going to be put on hiatus for a little bit, just so that way I can make sure the family's taken care of, my wife is taken care of, our newborn's taken care of, and all the actual work that pays the bills gets taken care of as well. So I don't know, to be honest with you, when the Small Church Media Podcast is going to come back out and release more episodes, or if it's going to, but I can guarantee you and promise you this, all right? The audio library is not going anywhere. So you can always go back and listen to other episodes. The free resource library is not going to go down anytime soon. And if I come across something that I think would be really, really great for you guys to know, ask Maltzers. I'll either jump back here on the pod or make sure you sign up to our email newsletter. And you sign up for our email newsletter by simply purchasing something from our free resource library. Yes, I used the word purchase and free. So if you're not at all familiar with the free resource library, it's set up like an e-commerce store where you can have an account. So that way, 
You can view your old orders and re-download files if you lose them or anything like that. But it also connects you to our email list. So in that meantime, when I just, honest to goodness, I don't know what's going to happen here with the family or with life or what it's going to look like. I figured it was just best to take off what I can take off to make sure I take care of my first ministry and that's my family. So I'm going to make sure we have good content all the way through the end of the month here, end of February. But going into March, April, May, we're going to be putting a massive pause to the Small Church Media Podcast. But I want to make sure I provide you with some amazing content before I let you guys go. And one thing that we have not talked about here on the Small Church Media Podcast, um, also, if you're, um, you know, marking down how many times I have said Small Church Media Podcast, that's a filler word here on the podcast, I think you're up to like seven now. <laughs> but either way, the one area we have not talked about here on the podcast is branding for your church. Now, if you pick up any sort of marketing book or communications book, whether it's in the secular world or in the church communications world, you're often going to find a chapter near the beginning or the very beginning all about your brand. And here's the reason why, Okay. Your brand is the image customers have about your business, okay? It's your company's image on what you tell people you are all about, who you're going to be, and how you're going to serve them. In fact, it also lets people know how you stand out from, this is in the business world, okay? Their branding is what makes you different from your competitors, how you stand out, and why they should work with you. So with the idea of bringing it into the church space, the idea is more around the idea of, of who is your church visually and verbally? What is your church all about? How do you back up what you have? to say, and then going out of there, what are people saying about your church? Now, with churches, the idea of quote-unquote branding is often met with a massive massive resistance. And I've actually had to deal with that resistance with our own elder board as well. Because as you all know, we're not trying to sell a product. We're not trying to be a business. We're not trying to make our millions into seven millions. We're just trying to serve people. And because you know branding is designed to sell and churches aren't selling, so many people instantly just slam on the brakes and say, nope, we're not an organization. We're not an institution. We're the living, breathing body of Jesus Christ. So branding just needs to go away. And also, we're not competing with the other churches in our area, so why do we need to even care about branding? Because branding is supposed to uh, branding is supposed to make you look visually appealing and be attractive, and churches aren't supposed to care about the outward appearance, but they should care about only the heart, right? Or is that actually a bad mindset to have with your church brand? Because here's the deal with your church's brand, Okay. As you are wanting to introduce people to your church, to your church family, to your church culture, and ultimately introduce people to Jesus, people on the outside already are paying attention to what your church is doing. They're already paying attention to what your building looks like, what your logo looks like, if you even have a logo. Is it outdated? Is it not? What does your church sign look like? What type of offerings do you do? Are you already involved with the community, or are you kind of more of a gated area where the only way you can have fellowship is if you are one of us. So you might be sitting there thinking, you know what, Mark, we don't really care about our brand or what we're about or having our logos custom built and designed all these different things because we're not trying to be the next PepsiCo or Starbucks where if they see our logo, they instantly recognize us and that's super cool. We're just trying to love the people in our area. But the problem is, is people in your area already have an opinion about your church, which is a big part of your brand. 
people in your community already visually know about your church and have already judged you based on how you look, both with your sign, your logo, and online. And in fact, if people are at all looking for things in their life of how you as your church can help their family and you're not speaking into that saying, here's what we do for you, they're gonna go to somewhere else where a church is actually using their language to speak into their problems to talk about what are the solutions for their life. Now, we know what the solutions are and what we can do as churches. However, again, on the outside looking in, we need to make sure that we put our best foot forward, call a spade a spade, and give ourselves the best chance for people to not just throw us by the wayside, to disregard us, and just to know that we really do care about them. So today, we're gonna talk about a brand and what's included in a brand and some takeaways coming out of that from this conversation. Now, again, this is a 50,000-foot view conversation. We're gonna get into the weeds in the subsequent weeks, but today, we're gonna kind of do the over arching idea of what makes up your church brand, how that applies to the church, and some easy, honest, practical takeaways from this episode. So, here are the three different things that make up a brand, okay? This counts for businesses, this counts for organizations, and this counts for churches and even schools as well. So here's the three different areas that make up your brand, okay? Number one is your visuals, Number two is your messaging, and number three is your reputation, okay? So what makes up your brand? Your visuals, your messaging, and your reputation. Now, what are your visuals? Now, this is the very obvious answer that most people think about when you hear about branding or you see something called a branding kit. This is what visually represents the organization or business, or in this case, your church. And this includes your logo, your graphics, your supporting elements such as your colors, your fonts, what types of images you use, what types of layers layouts you are using in such an idea where when people see your content, they instantly connect it with your church. So like with businesses, for example, generally when you're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and you see a, a, a different picture that you're used to, like for example, Jeep. If you see a picture of some sort of car in a very specific color in the mountains or out in the woods or something like that, we know for a fact that's generally not a Chevy. That's not a Honda. That's not an Audi. That is a Jeep. We don't even need to see a logo to know what that is. If you're watching a, uh, how about this? I was gonna say Verizon, but a Chick-fil-A commercial, right? And you're seeing an interview with a couch with a white background and you see red accents everywhere, you instantly know that's Chick-fil-A because you know them by their, their tones and their colors and the type of setup that they do. Now, granted, you as a church are not trying to have this brand where when people see you on Instagram or Facebook or see you down the street, they instantly connect you with your church because of just, you have that strong of a branding presence. However, your brand for your church actually does matter. When people come across your church, they're generally first going to see your church logo, whether it's on your building, your sign, online, social media, or hey, even on somebody's shirt. And if your logo is out of date, and it looks like 20, 30, 40 years old, people may think your church is out of date. Or if you have an extremely trendy logo, but you're a traditional church, people are gonna be very confused. Or if you have a very traditional logo and very business, white collar looking thing, but you're a bunch of millennials and Gen Zs who has a DJ up on stage, you're given the wrong impression of what your brand is all about. So your church's brand is so much more than just a logo. However, your church's logo is extremely, extremely important. And in future episodes, we're gonna talk specifically about your logo and maybe some things you can do to create the logo for yourself to save you some money or some basic tips 
on logos. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about your church's brand and the visuals, it's more than just your logo. It also is, is what type of colors do you have and what are those colors saying about your church? What types of fonts are you using? What types of images are you doing? And again, in, in the coming weeks, we're going to dissect the philosophy of logo design, but I just want you to know this simple fact, okay? Your church's logo, color, and fonts actually do matter. It's not just all of your branding. However, it's the face of your brand when people first interact with your church. Now, the second thing that makes up your brand outside of your visuals is your messaging. Okay, your messaging. When we talked about messaging a lot here on the podcast, but the main three things regarding your messaging, specifically when you're building the messaging for your brand, is you need to focus on the why, the how, and the what. Why you do what you do. Why do you exist in the first place? Why do you provide value to your ideal customer, subscriber, or in our case, church member, congregant, or visitor? Then you need to talk about the how of your brand. And the how of your brand answers the question of how do you plan on helping me with how you, what you say you are all about? And then the what is these very specific products or services you are offering to help people out along their journey of the how and then let's just be honest, reinforcing the why of your company. So with your church, the why is pretty much the exact same across the board, okay? We as churches exist to worship God and see others follow Jesus. That's it, right? When we call our, when we either decide to follow Jesus or God elects us and we view that election, whatever your church background is. When we decide to follow Jesus, we are grafted into the church and now we worship God together. And now we also need to turn around with the Great Commission and see other people follow Jesus as well. That's the whole why of why every single church in America exists. However, there's a how we are going to implement that in our church. And this is where you start to see churches kind of separate a little bit. And some churches will answer their why of they exist to worship God and see others follow Jesus by offering different types of worship services, sometimes traditional, sometimes modern. Sometimes pastors will teach the Bible a little bit differently, but they still teach the Bible in general. We still share our faith. We still have Bible studies and we still have all these different opportunities for people in our church to literally just live life together. But where churches completely start to separate is on terms of what are they going to do to fill, uh, fulfill the, the, the mission and the calling that they believe that that specific church has. Some churches, I've already kind of alluded to this and kind of messed this up a little bit, but some churches only have traditional services. Some churches only have extremely modern services and sometimes they have both. Some churches have podcasts. Some churches have Sunday school. Some churches have midweek connect groups. Some have them on Sunday morning or Sunday night. Some have different types of student ministry, whether it's junior high together with senior high or they're separate or they're on different nights of the week. Kid ministries look completely different. Some churches have uh, children's church during the services. Other ones just have Sunday school before, but in the service, they they need to sit with their parents because that's just how the church actually functions. There's different Awana programs, outreach ministries, serving types of opportunities, so many different ways what's that every single church is able to do to answer the how and ultimately to fulfill the why. So in the same way, or the same thing I've said this whole episode, every church has the same why, but every church will have a different how or what. And generally, churches that die and become irrelevant know their why, but they refuse to change and adapt their how and their what. So when people are looking at visiting churches, they are wanting to know what you are offering them and their family 
family, and they want to know what is the benefit of being a part of those different ministries, and if your ministry service or outreach pro- programs are actually going to help them. Now, many times, the, after thinking about the why their church exists and how we're going to fulfill our why, and then what are we going to do to actually put some, some feet to this idea, this is where churches come up with their different ministry statements. For example, here's four different church ministry statements that I have found from various churches all over America, and let's just be honest, all over the world. One of them is, we want to be a church that unsaved people love to attend. Another one is, we want to be a church that impacts our community one life at a time. We want to be a church that serves both the physical and spiritual needs of our neighbors. And last, we want to be a church that provides a place for the community to come together and be one. But here's the deal, okay? We can have a great logo in praise, a great mission statement, and some great verbiage to back up the mission statement. However, if you can't put actual feet to your to what you're saying, put your money where your mouth is, if you can't back up what you're saying, we are going to destroy our church's reputation. If your mission is to, ready, quote unquote, serve our local community, but every time someone comes to your church door and knocks and asks for help and you turn them away or you make them jump through a thousand different hoops, people are gonna start talking about it and the fact that they say they wanna serve us, but anytime there's an opportunity, they turn their backs to us. If your church is all about one life at a time and people saying that your life matters to us because it matters to God, but when people come and visit your church and they don't feel seen, noticed, accepted, or loved, They'll just flat out call you a liar. If you say that your church wants to be a place for the community to come together, but you never do anything that promotes community involvement and you yourselves are not already getting involved in the community, people will stop trusting you. If you say you care about young families, make sure you have the facilities and the staff to back it up even down to what paint colors and what type of design and what era of crib you have in the nursery. If you say you're a modern church, you need to make sure that your music is actually modern, not like early 2000s modern. And if you say your church is traditional, but you try to squeak modern things in there, you are gonna start losing your validity with people who are walking through your church doors. And in the coming weeks, we're gonna be talking about how you can position your church in such a way where you are essentially, I mean, essentially putting your money where your mouth is and how to include your vision to all aspects of the church. But we need to make sure that we know for a fact that a part of your brand, not only is just your visuals and what you say, but it's also your reputation. It's what people say about your church when your church is not around. It's what people say about your church when they are out in the community with their friends. It's what they say about your church when your own church members are talking to them about it. Because if your own church members say, you know what, like um, we would love for you to come to our church, but our our worship's a little weird. Our kids' ministry is kind of weird. That is an obvious sign that your mission and how you're fulfilling that mission is not clear to your own church people. And if you want to have a great brand for your church, yes, you need a good logo and branding package. You need to have your messaging down pat, but you also need to make sure that you are focusing and understanding what people are saying about your church out in the community and what your own church congregation is actually saying about your church as well, because your brand does matter. And here's why your brand matters, okay? Number one, your brand helps build trust in people's eyes. Your brand also serves as a way to 
uh, I would say stand out from other churches in your area and your brand tells your church members, here's the direction that we are going. Now, if you're trying to think through your church's brand, you don't have to use the word brand or what's... uh, I guess brand, I'm not, I mean, what's your mission and vision? That's more of the words you want to do. But you don't want to say, oh, our church brand is poor. We want to have a better brand for our church. Because honestly, your church members will have a, let's just be honest, repulsive and bad taste in their mouth if you start using the word brand. And maybe you're doing this as well. But what I'm trying to come across and what I'm trying to... Um, the message I guess I'm trying to deliver today is the fact of what your church looks like, what your church talks about, and what people are saying about your church to see if what you're saying lines up with what you're presenting. That all matters. So here are three different takeaways that I want you to take away from today's episode, all right? Number one is your church logo and your church colors actually do matter. The visual part of your brand is very important. You cannot deny it, nor can you reject that fact. Number two, if you say your church is about something, you both need, well, you need to both provide ways to speak into how and have what we call the social proof to back up what you say. So if you say, hey, we love young children and families, but when someone comes to your church and they see no young children and families, that might be a problem. Or if you're saying, hey, we are all about young families and you're asking young families who are in your church, to, well, hey, what can we do to better serve you? Can you go on Facebook, go on Google Review and just leave a review about this because we want people to know that we actually do what we say we want to do. You can be sure that you are providing a great, what we call again, social proof to people who are on the outside looking in. So that way they hear from other people that your church is doing amazing things. So when they step in, they're more likely to be able to look for those different things and trust you as they walk through your church doors. And number three, the third takeaway for this episode is, honest to goodness, it's okay to not be trendy. It's totally okay to not be trendy, but don't use trendy verbiage on your website. Be honest, because at the end of the day, people will actually respond well to a message of, we really do care about you, better than, oh, we have great worship and you're gonna be fulfilled with passion. Here's what we're all about. And then they walk in and they see none of it. And you know, maybe this will be a good example for you and maybe not. I don't know. We're about to find out. But when we were rethinking through how we wanted to portray our messaging on our website back when I was on staff at Southside, we were looking at our worship service, right? And when we were developing our our new here, our plan your visit page, whatever you want to call it. And we wanted to tell people exactly what they were going to expect when they walked into a Sunday morning worship service. So that way they had zero surprises. And we, you know pretty much boiled down our services to three main parts. It was worship through singing, worship through giving, and then worship through teaching and responding. And music is one of those things where it divides so many different churches. But even as people are starting to you know, explore different churches, whether they have a church background new to the area and they're trying to figure out a church that kind of matches with their style of worship, or if someone's coming in and they're like, this just seems really traditional and fuddy-duddy, we wanted to make sure, and that's... Um, well, I guess that is my words. We'll just keep rolling. But we wanted to make sure that we put our best foot forward when it came to how we presented what type of music we did for our church. And in the verbiage that we had, this is an exact quote of what we have. It says, we sing anywhere from three to four songs during the beginning of service so that way we can lift God's name high. 
Okay, so a first sign is every one of our songs is about glorifying God and making his name known, not focusing on ourselves, but focusing on God instead. So, so many times we didn't sing certain songs, even though I love them, the songs of I am who you say I am, I'm no uh, no longer a slave, but I am a child of God. Rather than focusing on us and what God has done for us, we sing songs directly about praising God's name. And our worship pastor was extremely, extremely picky on those types of songs. Another, and then as we continue reading, on, it will say, you'll hear songs that were written centuries ago, songs that have been written by many other churches, and songs that we've written as well, all with the goal of connecting with God and praising Him for who He is, instilling a lifestyle of worship that continues throughout the entire week. And with that, we gave people a glimpse into what our worship is all about. So if someone was coming in and they were like, oh, I don't want to sing songs that are modern written by other churches. I just want to sing stuff out of the hymnals. Well, we just flat out told people, we don't do that. But as people are starting to learn about what our church is about, we say we're all about developing passionate followers of Jesus who honestly glorify and praise him, and our music does that as well. So as you're thinking through what verbiage you have on your website, you gotta make sure that you are speaking directly to the type of people you serve. And that's what this whole idea of branding is all about, is asking the question of who are we? Who are we trying to serve? How are we trying to help people? How are we coming alongside people? And what are we offering people to really prove what we say we are all about. And then as you start to develop this whole idea of what your church brand is, even though we don't like that word, you then are able to then, again, I know another bad word, market your church in such a way where you are speaking directly to the people who are looking for your church. Because when we are building our websites, we have to understand that it is a marketing tool to speak directly to the people that are coming to that website. And the sooner we change our mindset and understand if that's what the purpose of this website is, the sooner we will see people to start to trust us. We are able to get more clear on what our verbiage is on the website. And then hopefully we can actually start developing new ministries or getting rid of old ministries that do not align with the mission and vision of the church. But you first have to know who your church is, what your church is all about, and how are you going to back up everything that you say and visually present online. Well, guys, hopefully that was another good episode of the Small Church Media Podcast. I know I enjoy hanging out with you guys week in and week out, and I hope you enjoy it as well. And if you do, even though, like I said at the beginning of this episode, we're going to be having a big hiatus on the podcast, it would still be awesome if you could leave a rating and review anywhere you listen to podcasts or share this episode with another small church pastor friend. As we are going through this series for the branding for churches, only different ideas, if you have a very specific question you want me to answer regarding local logos or your um, your verbiage or how to present this stuff online or from the platform or, or even just in the types of uh, papers you hand out to your own church members, please, please, please email me at hello at smallchurch.media because I want to make sure I answer your questions and not you guys just come to hear what I have to say and I never answer a question that you have. So if you have a question, please email it at hello at smallchurch.media. It was another great week hanging out with you guys here in the Small Church Media Podcast, but come back next week. Same time, same place, and we'll continue this conversation all around branding for your churches. So until then, take care and have a great week, guys. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.